This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where our prolonged national nightmare called the 2020 election is about to reach its conclusion. The presidential campaign's wrap-up in Florida, Donald Trump's final appearance here before Election Day, was a midnight rally at the Opelika Airport on Sunday. We're going to win my home state of Florida. And we are going to win four more years in the White House. Democrats responded with one last appearance by former President Barack Obama, who was in South Florida last night. The president's declared that you know, he, he's basically planned to announce victory no matter what the numbers are. Well, you know what? If we beat him soundly, he won't be able to do it. But that requires everybody to turn out to vote. The polls are open till 7. The state will begin posting returns online at 8 once the polls are closed in northwest Florida counties in the central time zone. Trump says the Democrats are running scared in Florida, but Tallahassee City Commissioner Diane Williams-Cox says this election will be like Moses parting the Red Sea. There's a Bible story about how Moses put his rod out and parted the Red Sea. The Israelites went across and then the blue wave took over the Egyptians. So that's what we're expecting to happen in Florida. The surge in COVID cases continues in Florida as the health department reported almost 4,700 new infections Monday, along with 45 additional fatalities. But Donald Trump says lockdowns are the real threat, not the virus. And during his South Florida rally, the crowd urged him to fire Anthony Fauci, the nation's premier epidemiologist. The president doesn't actually have the legal authority to fire Dr. Fauci, but he hinted it could happen after the election. 100 years after it happened, Florida's governor declares November 2nd to be a day of remembrance for the black residents of Ocoee who were murdered and terrorized by a white mob after a black man tried to vote in the election of 1920. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with two Florida men. One of them bagged a gator that had been stalking him for years. The other won a million-dollar lottery jackpot with a ticket he had forgotten. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, November 3rd. It was on this date in 1911 that New York socialite Mary Phelps Jacob obtained a patent for the first modern elastic bra. This is also National Homemaker Day and National Sandwich Day. I'm sensing a trend. The COVID surge continues in the Sunshine State, the health department reporting almost 4,700 new infections Monday, along with 45 additional fatalities. Florida's death toll has reached 17,042. The total number of cases is now more than 812,000. We are third in the nation in the number of COVID cases, which is hardly surprising since we are the third most populous state. But when you account for the population, our fatality rate is higher than the national average, and it's about four times greater than the worldwide average. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the U.S. government's top infectious disease expert, is cautioning the U.S. will have to deal with a whole lot of hurt over the winter because of the surge in coronavirus cases. He says the U.S. needs to make significant changes in public health precautions. But during his late-night rally at the Opelika Airport, Donald Trump said lockdowns do more harm than the virus, and he told the crowd Fauci may be fired after the election. It's a choice between a deadly Biden lockdown. He wants to lock down the country. I just left a country. I just left a, a state that locked down. I left two of them, and uh, they're not happy about it. I'll tell you right now. You know what's going to happen to them on November fourth, the day after. They're going to say, "All right, we'll open up now." That's why they're locking down. 
But we're going to have a safe vaccine that ends the pandemic. Without it, it's rounding the turn. I say it's, it drives them crazy. It's rounding the turn. Because all they want to do, you turn in the news, COVID, 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 COVID. We'd like to talk about COVID. And then next year, here's what happens. November 4th, you won't hear too much about it. You won't hear too much about it. Don't tell anybody, but let me wait till a little bit after the election. I appreciate the advice. I appreciate it. Now, he's been wrong on a lot. He's a nice man, though. He's been wrong on a lot. It really got under the president's skin when Fauci told the Washington Post that the U.S. could not possibly be positioned more poorly to control the rising number of cases as more people gather indoors during the fall and winter. But technically, the president does not have the authority to fire Fauci. He's not a political appointee. As a career federal employee and director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Fauci is protected by civil service regulations that shield him from being fired or demoted for political reasons. He could still be removed, but it would be a complicated process, and the government would have to prove there is a just cause for dismissal. Pissing off the president is not just cause. Trump's speech in South Florida shows just how important we are to the electoral math that will determine the next president. He's counting on Florida to pave his path to a second term. I don't know if you know what's happening, but they're very worried, the Democrats, about Florida. They're very concerned. The vote's not there. It's not there for them. They had to get out to that big, girly lead, and it could be that we're leading. That's a little problem. We're going to win my home state of Florida. And we are going to win four more years in the White House. And the radical left gained power, the economy will collapse, and our country will go into a very deep and steep depression. I hate to tell you, look, we're not going to have to worry about it, because I think we're going to win. You know who else thinks we're going to win? The Democrats think we're going to win, the Democrats. They're starting to say, oh, this is not good. We're looking great here. We're looking great in Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Iowa. But Florida Democrats say no one is running scared in the Sunshine State. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly puts it this way. No, actually just the opposite. We're running very confident and I support the, the, the Biden-Harris team. Um, we've had the opportunity to work with the vice president when he served in the Obama administration as vice president. He's a good man. I believe in Joe Biden. I believe in Senator Harris and I believe they're the right ticket. Um, we stand before you in confidence. We're ready to see a victory. Tallahassee City Commissioner Diane Williams-Cox says they're doing everything they can to turn out the vote. She believes this race will have a biblical ending. What more can we say and do to get you there? Stroll to the poll, crawl to the poll, run to the poll, walk to the poll. Get to the polls. Get your voice counted. We must do this. If you don't do that, then you, yes you, have decided not to participate in this democracy, and you have no reason to complain about what happens. So get your soul to the poll by 7 p.m. You must go to your voting place in your neighborhood or wherever you are registered to vote. 
you must go to that precinct. And let me encourage you to go on your way to work. Go early in the morning, because it always rains in the afternoon of the election, just before you get off work. So please, please go on the way to work. There's a Bible story about how Moses put his rod out and parted the Red Sea. The Israelites went across, and then the blue wave took over the Egyptians. So that's what we're expecting to happen in Florida. We're gonna part the Red Sea, we're gonna walk into the White House, and the blue wave is gonna take over who's left behind. So there, there you have it. That's what I predict, that's what I believe. And I'm sticking to it. But it was former President Barack Obama who wrapped up the Biden campaign in Florida, appearing last night in a rally at Miami-Dade. I understand the president wants to take full credit for the economy he inherited, but zero blame for the pandemic he ignored. But the job doesn't work that way. Tweeting at the TV doesn't fix things. Making stuff up doesn't make things better. You've got to have a plan. You've got to put in the work. And along with the experience to get things done, Joe Biden has concrete plans and policies to turn our vision of a better, fairer, stronger country into reality. He takes this pandemic seriously. He knows how much it hurts for grandparents and grandkids who can't see each other and hug each other. He's not gonna screw up testing. He's not gonna call scientists idiots or put people at risk or, as he did just a few days ago, accuse medical professionals like Grace of trying to profit from the pandemic after all they've been through. Ridiculous. Shameful. Come on. He's, he's been coddling dictators for the last four years. And now apparently he says he might declare victory before all the votes are counted tomorrow. Don't boo. Boo. That's not something you want to hear in little Havana or, or little Haiti. That's not something that a leader of a democracy does. That's something a two-bit dictator does. If you believe in democracy, you want every vote counted. There, there was a, a Biden-Harris bus in Texas. And, uh, you know, they were surrounded by Trump cars and supporters, and some of it got dangerous, right? It looked like folks might be run off the road. And, you know, look, the president can't be responsible for every single person out there. But he didn't say that's wrong. He didn't say, in our democracy, there's no place for that kind of intimidation or violence or reckless behavior. He said, yeah, that's great. Love Texas. I, I mean, what, what, what's gonna happen to this country in our democracy if our leaders, when, when folks act recklessly and dangerously and irresponsibly, are, think that's okay? think that's fine. It's not. America is a good and decent place. But we've seen so much noise and nonsense and misinformation. Sometimes it's hard for us to remember that. Sometimes some of us get confused. Some of us have friends who, you know, they're, they're looking at their Twitter feed or their watching certain programs on TV and they, they're good people, they just, they've, got, they've, they've gotten wrong information. But, but the truth is, we can do better than we're doing. 
We are better than what's been reflected these last four years in our politics. And I'm asking you to remember what this country can be. I'm asking you to believe in Joe's ability to lead this country out of dark times and help us build back better. I'm asking you not to abandon the Americans who are hurting right now. I'm asking you not to let down the young people who are out there marching because they believed what we had taught our children about justice. Help them channel their activism into action. We can't just imagine a better future. We've got to fight for it. We've got to out-hustle the other side. We've got to vote for it. The president's declared that you know, he, he's basically planned to announce victory no matter what the numbers are. Well, you know what? If we beat him soundly, he won't be able to do it. But that requires everybody turning out to vote. So the speeches are done. All that's left is the vote, then the count, and then the inevitable legal battle. Almost 9 million Floridians have already voted by mail or cast a ballot in person at one of the early voting sites. That means about two-thirds of the registered voters in Florida have already voted. 100 years later, the governor declares November 2nd as the Ocoee Election Day Massacre Remembrance Day in Florida. It all began when a black man by the name of July Perry tried to vote in the 1920 race in Ocoee. A white mob went on a rampage in the central Florida town. Perry was lynched the very next day. No one really knows how many people died. The official death toll is six, but black residents who survived the massacre say dozens of people were killed by the mob. The ACLU and the NAACP chapter in Orange County asked the governor to issue this proclamation. They even wrote it for him. But the governor watered it down, removing three sentences, including one that said, The harms of this tragedy remain even today, as voter intimidation and violence at polling locations is a genuine concern in modern elections. By the way, the Orlando Sentinel did a comprehensive series of stories on the massacre that ran over the weekend, including a critique of the way the local press covered up rather than covered the massacre. Next up, your calendar of events and the Daily Florida Man segment. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. Your calendar of events? Well, we've mentioned this before, but it does bear repeating. It's election day. Polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Vote-by-mail ballots have to be received by the supervisors of elections by 7 this evening to be counted. And you can't take it to your precinct. You have to take it to the main supervisor headquarters office. The Florida Department of State will start posting results online at 8 p.m. Eastern Time after polls close in the central time zone. The Florida Public Service Commission meets at 9.30. After their regular meeting, the commission will hold what's known as a cost recovery clause hearing. They'll determine the amount of utility costs that will be passed along to customers. At 11.30, Florida Secretary of State Laurel Lee holds a media availability in Tallahassee to talk about the general election. And our Florida Man segment, we've got two stories for you today. A Florida man who says a giant alligator has been stalking him on the Apalachicola River for the past three years. 
has killed the gator. It was 13 feet long and weighed more than a thousand pounds. Corey Caps says he spotted the critter following him several times during his fishing trips near Bluntstown, so the last time he saw the gator he called a friend who has an alligator tag. They harpooned the giant, then killed it with what's known as a bang stick that fires a single bullet when you strike the gator in the head. Getting the 13-foot alligator back to shore wasn't easy. Their boat was only 12 feet long, but they got the job done. Finally, a Florida man who won a million-dollar jackpot in the state lottery had no idea his scratch-off ticket was a winner because he hadn't scratched off the numbers. 38-year-old James Kinder of Jacksonville says the winning ticket sat near his fireplace for weeks before he remembered it was there. When he uncovered the numbers, Kinder realized he had won the million-dollar jackpot. Well, not quite. Instead of getting that million dollars spread out over many years, he chose to receive his winnings as a one-time lump sum payment of $790,000. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.